Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. After a, uh, I mean, we, we kind of just started talking about this game, Frank, before uh, I hit record. And I think we got to the point where we're like, uh, th- let's just get into this and try and decipher what we just watched. Uh, the Bucks go down to Denver 109.95, their first three game losing streak in the regular season under Mike Budenholzer. And, uh, you might think that that would be a bad thing. And, and certainly you would like to win every game if you're the Bucks. But for those that missed this game, if anyone did indeed miss the news, no Bledsoe was ruled out before the game with, it was effectively knee soreness. George Hill was ruled out with a, it's a, a adductor soreness, which, you know, is interesting. I mean, I, I think, as you sort of pointed to before we started calling he's probably just not playing back-to-backs. But he did have some adductor issues last season. So that's uh, maybe something to watch. No Giannis, as we know. And then we get to tip off when the Bucks announced the starting lineups. And the starters were Pat Connaughton, Thanasis, Robin Lopez, Sterling Brown, and Wesley Matthews, Dante DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Marvin Williams, all active and did not see a minute. I don't even know where you want to start here. I mean, it was a bad basketball game by pretty much <laughs> everyone. Um, you know, I, sometimes when you see games like this, you know, a lot of guys getting opportunities they don't normally get. You, you know, you hope you see something. Hey, maybe this guy shows you something and say, oh, man, let's see if we can get that guy some looks um, moving forward. Maybe that guy could, could break in the rotation. But I, I didn't see anything that, that stuck out to me in that regard. I mean, Kyle Korver hit a bunch of threes, which was fun. Um, you know, Kyle's probably going to play a, a bit uh, regardless. And, yes, we, we all know he can make threes. It was fun to see him kind of do that in a, uh, in, a uh, in a scenario where obviously the other team was very much knowing that that was – Part, part of the game plan, and it seemed like the Bucks' fourth quarter offense was largely around either him shooting a three or the defense having to react to his gravity. Uh, but, I mean, everybody else, I just was generally not particularly impressed by, um, you know, Sterling Brown, 16 points, six rebounds, three assists. Hey, but he was six out of 16, right? Um, uh, you know, again, ball was just in his hands a lot. I don't think we saw any breakthrough from, from Sterling, and um, other than him, the NASA's had a couple fun moments with a dunk and a great block on Miles uh, Mason Plumley. You know, hey, nine points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, a block. That's cool, but you know, whatever. It, it, there's, there's nothing there. I mean, Nassus is still Nassus. Like, there's still some, he doesn't know where he's supposed to be at the time either. And you know, Ursani Asova, two shots in 16 minutes. He continues to just completely not look for shots. DJ Wilson, I think. Uh, I mean, again, like the final numbers, are, oh, 10 points, nine rebounds. So, okay, you know, but I mean, he got murdered by Jamal Murray uh, in probably the most, um, you know, friendly uh, offensive foul call I've maybe ever seen called for a wipe away that, that annulled just a just brutal posterization. Um, 
add, I don't know if that one was worse. That was probably worse than him getting just destroyed on that block um, like a week ago. I forget who that even was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, DJ, okay, he had a few good defensive possessions, I guess, and a couple threes. But, um, you know, let's just say this. We, I don't think anybody should watch that game and thought, oh, man, this is what we've been missing with DJ. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what, what, what there is a salvage of DJ this season. And Frank Mason, nine points, five assists, but he was four out of 12, right? I mean, I think, okay. Um, his, he, let's just say this. He also did not take advantage of his opportunity. So yeah, it's just, it's just kind of hard to figure out how the Bucks were even competitive in this game because they didn't play well. Um, and Denver, I mean, Denver hit 39% of their threes. They hit 16 threes. Um, so in some ways, it's a little weird that the math even let this game be competitive for as long as it was. Um, and ironically, it seemed like the Bucks, I and mean, we saw some zones, we saw them kind of do some different things. It seemed like they were just aggressively not defending guys on the perimeter, like hoping they would take jump shots, including threes, and just hope that Denver would have a bad shooting night. And, um, I mean, they didn't have a bad shooting night, but um, obviously they were able to kind of it's kind of – rope a dope them into you know some stretches where they obviously were really unimpressive Jokic was pretty much MIA until the last few minutes when he got a few shots to go so um yeah there, there was no there were no winners uh from this game strictly didn't speak in the Nuggets obviously won this game but um if you were a fan of the Denver Nuggets or you were a Bucks fan and you paid to go see this game I'd say you probably feel pretty ripped off because it was unimpressive all around yeah, I mean, there was certainly a stretch like towards the end of the third quarter where the Bucks were making a bit of a run and Kyle Corville was really starting to roll. And you were just kind of like, well, this, this could potentially be a, a fun win if they can somehow pull this off. But you always sort of felt like uh, eventually Denver was just going to have enough or, or just get to the point where they're like, okay, let's stop messing around now. That, that's create some separation. And they were able to do that after the Bucks got within two points early in the fourth quarter. Funnily enough, I feel like that offensive foul call on the Jamal Murray dunk sort of sparked him because even though they called the offensive foul uh, at a timeout uh, just after that, or it might have been the end of the third quarter, Jamal Murray was smiling and like high fiving and and like you know everyone was really pumped up from that from that play, and then he came out in the fourth quarter and and was hitting everything to start. So, you know, it, I think the biggest thing is when you look at the lineups that the, the Bucks run out there, we always talk about the, the depth that they have. I mean, some of these guys haven't been playing at all, but they had just had so many lineups out there with, with absolutely zero ball handling. And I think that's why uh, you, when you look at the box score, they hit 15 threes, but they attempted 50, which is a big number for the Bucks. And uh, a big reason for that was, is they would just get to the end of a, a possession or end of the shot clock. And it's like, well, we really can't create anything out here right now. If it's not Kyle Corver running off a screen, uh, running around um, the perimeter, uh, we actually can't get a shot. So it's going to result in Pat Conant and jacking up a, an extremely deep three. And uh, he, he, you know, that was probably the, the thing. If you, if you want to look at anything, there's some of the guys that actually do play rotation minutes in, in Pat Conant and, and uh, Wesley Matthews, unfortunately, uh, didn't shoot the ball well and weren't able to create anything without the 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 Bucks better players on the on the floor. And I, I don't think that that is like a huge surprise to anyone. But Conan two for seven from the field, zero for five from three, and uh, Wesley Matthews two for eleven from the field, or one for five from three. Uh, if the Bucks were going to do anything in this game and, and get it even closer than than it was in the end, then uh, you probably needed something out of those guys, and certainly something more than one for ten from three.
Locked On Bucks is very excited to announce our first local sponsor jumping on board the podcast. That is D1 Training in Milwaukee. Just opened, D1 Training is located in the Mech 1 Pavilions right off the I-43. 11020 North Port Washington Road is the address, and D1 is the place for the athlete. I can hear you guys asking why D1 is different from your everyday gym. Well, they have a 40-yard indoor turf training field. All coaches are former D1 collegiate strength and conditioning coaches and athletes. They run science-based programs created specifically to improve athletic performance. They have state-of-the-art facilities. They use the same NFL combine testing equipment that you see on TV. They run personalized achievement plans to achieve your specific goals. And maybe most importantly, it's treated as a team atmosphere, just as if you were on a D1 team. D1 training, you set the goal. We help you get there. We have a special offer for Locked On Bucks listeners. Any listener of the podcast gets their first workout and a one-on-one fitness assessment free just for coming to check out the gym. So remember, D1 is the place for the athlete. Support our friend Tanah Pichka here and get behind D1. You set the goal, they'll help you get there. Yeah, I mean, any scenario like this where, you know, you have pressure on Wes Matthews to actually like dribble and do stuff with the basketball is is generally not going to be a, a good recipe. And tonight he didn't didn't shoot the ball well either. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it is interesting. You know, Frank Mason being the only guy who yeah. you know is really a ball handler that that played in this game, um, and and you know there were large. This was not the Tim Frazier fifty three point game where Bud just left Tim Frazier out there so that he had at least one point guard the entire time. I mean, we saw Sterling Brown, the de facto point guard for extended stretches in the fourth quarter as well. And I mean, again, like how you create functioning offense out of that. Like, I, I mean, you can't like that. We, we've seen that in garbage time where, you know, Bud just throws out guys who don't play. And I mean, it's pretty ugly in garbage time, but it doesn't matter. And here, uh, you know, this was fourth quarter high leverage minutes. I mean, they got it, what, down to two, I think at one point in the fourth quarter or four or something like that two maybe two yeah, go back to two, um yeah. and you know against one of the best teams in the west but obviously uh i mean probably the, i mean look no one cares about breaking down this game obviously much more than than we already have it, it doesn't represent really much of anything about what the bucks are as a team but uh, let me ask you this like i mean were you i mean middleton was not hurt marvin williams not hurt dante divincenzo not hurt uh blood so as you mentioned um did did have uh you know they said i think bud said that he'd been get bothered getting bothered a little bit by his knee uh which interestingly is you know really has not been something we've heard talked about much at all since blood has been here even though he had a history of knee troubles before so you hope it's you know nothing nothing serious but um i don't know i mean you know obviously i'm sure some people are gonna look at this and say well boy you you know you're really competitive with the nuggets even with like none of your good players playing what if you know why not just you know, why, why didn't you just throw Middleton out there at least or DiVincenzo out there at least and see if you can steal that game. And I, I definitely see that, but you know, I, I don't know. I mean, again, you, you got to, for me, it's sort of the big picture. I, I don't particularly care. Like, I mean, I figured Middleton would play, but who knows we were discussing for the podcast, you know, maybe it was Bledsoe being hurt and Hill not, not wanting to play Hill that made them sort of say, all right, might, might as well not even bother if we're, if we're not going to have a point guard available other than Mason. So I, I don't know, but what, I mean, what's your take? I mean, is this a um, wasted opportunity to maybe steal a game when obviously you're, you know, you have a losing streak or is it just Bud kind of thinking big picture and just giving, giving guys a chance to rest? 
Yeah, I mean, put it this way. I don't think if this game was a, a single game in isolation and not a back-to-back on the road, I, I think those guys probably play and they roll without Bledsoe or George Hill. But while while they named certainly uh, Bledsoe with, with that knee uh, effusion, or, you know, whatever, whatever the hell that means, uh, I, I think that that was a, a clear back-to-back injury. I say that with air quotes, you know, like I, I, I don't think that this is something that's, uh, you know, is, is cause for major concern just from listening to what, what the guy said, what Bud said, certainly in the pregame, as he said, I mean, Bledsoe's a guy that's had this, uh, these knee, these knee concerns going right back to earlier in his career. So I kind of always assumed that it was something that he probably manages through games. And I, I think that this just seemed to be a convenient time on the schedule with Giannis already ruled out it's like okay let's get Bledsoe a rest and then I don't know what at what point they decided the other guys were out but I'm kind of leaning with you Frank that I I, I do think they just thought well listen we got Boston in a game that we really need to win on Thursday and even if we play Chris Middleton in this game last night we saw uh, how much energy he had to exert in that game against the Suns I know they went down but he scored 39 points uh, he he uh, got up a, a season high for field goal attempts uh, they were playing really hard on both ends. He played over 30 minutes. I, I just think that this was a, a prime schedule opportunity to say, could we pull off a miracle with Chris Milton? Maybe. But if we do, he's probably going to have to play 36, 37, 38 minutes and get up 30 shots. And is that the best thing for the, t- for the team right now with what we're trying to achieve? And ultimately, what does a, a loss mean tonight? I know last in yesterday's podcast, we spoke about the, the ramifications for the standings with the Lakers. But I think getting him that rest and saying, okay, let's just get on a plane. Let's get back to Milwaukee and get prepared for Thursday night. Maybe uh, that one out when they're weighing all these things up. Yeah. And I mean, it, again, if they win last night in Phoenix, I don't think you'd particularly care about them resting yep. here. I think it's just, you know, again, like I think Bucks fans probably, you know, I mean, again, it's uncharted territory having a losing streak this season and now a three game losing streak first time. Uh, in the regular season under Bud, it's it's just different. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Thursday, first and foremost, is Giannis available or is he not? Um, I I don't know. I mean, you know, certainly <laughs> judging by his uh, demeanor and activity level on the sidelines today, it didn't Jeez. seem like his knee was bothering him a whole lot. Um, he was jumping around, uh, very excited, especially on some of Thanasis's plays on both ends, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the hard part, obviously, it's not like he's been out for some extended period or something like that. Um, you're not worried about him, like, you know, needing, like, practice or, or whatever to, to, to kind of get back in the swing of things. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure with, with, the, with them supposedly not evaluating it until Thursday. And, again, whatever. It's not like the doctors are going to refuse to look at him tomorrow or, or the day after. But um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, again, based on no information, I'm probably a little skeptical that, that he plays. Um, on Thursday night, I don't. I don't think the Bucks are going to say, "Oh, we we need to bring Giannis back because if we lose, you know, we're going to be tied with the Lakers in the last column or something like that." I, I don't think they're probably thinking of it in those terms. Again, Giannis's health obviously is first and foremost. But the thing I also don't understand is I don't. I'd be lying if I told you that I, you know, had any sense of what the risk of him playing Thursday versus Saturday versus you know whenever they play after that next week is I don't right I'm not going to pretend pretend that and I think as fans I see it a lot um you know that I think the reaction often is well just like just rest him for a week or you know just rest him for you know some some period just to be safe 
but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what, what that really does for the health of the knee, obviously. Um, obviously, whatever, the more you can rest, probably the better. But um, flip side is, I, I, I don't know if that's really um, the kind of thing that, that is going to matter a lot. Obviously, Giannis has um, been a guy who recovers very quickly from injuries. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say we've got uh, that interesting game coming on Thursday. We can talk about that more in the next couple of days. But um, as for this road trip, I'd say good riddance. And, um, you know, they're pretty much, uh, I guess that's, that's, that's it for the West, right? I mean, there's no, I don't think they've got any other, maybe Dallas. They, I don't think they played in Dallas in the regular season yet. But, uh, you know, other than that, no real, um, no real road trips or, you know, I don't even know how many games they have left against the West at this point. It feels like they've pretty much hit up all the, uh, all the road games that, that you'd expect them to at this point. Yeah, so I've just pulled this up now. I actually did forget about that Dallas one, but I guess that's a mini revenge game. That was the uh, the game where the Luka Doncic-less Mavericks broke the Bucks' 18-game winning streak. But uh, they have got a trip to Dallas at the end of this month on the 29th. Uh, they'll play an afternoon game there. So, yeah, good luck with that, on a, a playing, in, a playing an afternoon game against a, a good team. But outside of that, uh, that, that's really the last road trip they have uh, out that way. They do play, obviously, the Warriors at home, and then they've got a game against the Rockets. But look, this schedule doesn't get any easier for the Bucs. We spoke about this. They've still got a, a tough road trip with the Celtics, Raptors, uh, and, and Philadelphia uh, to go at the start of April as well. So, listen, uh, I think that, again, as we've sort of pointed to, while... Uh, you would have loved to at least get one one game on this road trip and not have an 0-3 road trip. And now they've lost four or five. Uh, I just think that, that on some nights you have to take stock and say, well, okay, I mean, the things aren't going to get that much easier for us over the next couple of weeks. Uh, cross our fingers, maybe Giannis is back Thursday. We hope uh, Saturday at the latest. It's certainly what it, what it seems like at this point. And as you said, when he's running down the baseline to pick up his brother after, a, after a, an and one opportunity, I would say, that he must be feeling uh, somewhat okay, or they might have had to tie him down to the bench or something. I'm not too sure. But uh, the only other things from tonight, Frank, Robin Lopez, three-point watch. We keep on talking about this. He's up to 34.4% from three on the season. He had a couple of corner threes to start this one. And then a, a rare above-the-break three for Robin Lopez later in the game. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, I mean, it, this was just one of those nights where I'm not sure how much you really take away from it. The only other thing I know, we spoke about Kyle Korver and the 23 points for him. Uh, that's the highest point total for him since way back in February 2018 when he was playing with the with the Cavs and had 30 points uh, in a win over Atlanta, that was. But that's, that's the only thing you really take from this, I think, because we, we spoke about what potential impact Korver could have in small uh, doses in a playoff series and and we saw against the Lakers it looked like uh, they were able to target him a little bit defensively but uh, it's still nice to get this nice little reminder because he hasn't had huge stretches this season for the Bucks where he gets to really be the focal point of the offense and, and get and start to knock down a few shots and then get these heat check opportunities like he did tonight but uh, fact remains Kyle Korver still a deadly shooter on the move around screens and uh, it was kind of fun to see the bud bud go to the full Kyle Corver package in this one when really no one else could do anything uh, for a guy his age and to to come in here we know he's missed quite a bit of basketball over the, over the last uh, month or so it was probably a good thing for him to get some get some minutes and get some shots up tonight and see them go down.
If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Bucks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Milwaukee Bucks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Milwaukee Bucks fans that are well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to double three triple seven or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get the team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah, and just looking at some of the post-game, um, uh, Bud offering the hilarious rationalization that uh, th- he felt this group gave them the best chance to win because they had fresh legs. So, uh, yeah, Bud, definitely definitely buying that you felt like Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and Marvin Williams and Dante DiVincenzo did not give you the best chance of winning this game. I'm, I'm definitely buying that, that line of reasoning. <laughs> I'm fascinated. I mean, I don't know if we've had a situation this season where it's been so egregious, the, you know, the DNP rest thing. So I'm curious if the Bucks do catch any, uh, any, any fine for this. Um, you know, it, it, Again, the interesting thing is, of course, Giannis, the real the, the guy that people bought tickets for, he was obviously out with a legitimate injury. Uh, but you know, Chris Middleton and, and Lopez and Kevin Chenzo, Marvin Williams, no, you know, Bud admitted there was no no injuries there. So um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very fascinated now if if, uh, if the league would do anything in that scenario um, because certainly uh, this was obviously a DNP rest game, and uh, technically it was a national TV game. And let me just say this. I assume you watched it on Fox Sports Wisconsin, correct? I did. Well, consider yourself lucky. You, you probably saw some of the stuff in the uh, uh, in, in your Twitter timeline, but and, and I'll hit this briefly because I don't want to spend any more time talking about this game than I have to. <laughs> but uh, I, I had to watch the NBA TV broadcast. It was uh, Kevin McHale and Greg Anthony were the, were the color guys. Uh, Candace Parker showed up uh, at one point as well. And I swear to God, the first half was like 75% talking about how great the Lakers were and LeBron being the MVP and Greg Anthony recycling all his Giannis, you know, unlike the other true superstars doesn't have, you know, a jump shot, all this other stuff. It was just, I, I mean, I was just like, good God, like, are, are you serious? Are we just going to do this the, the entire game? And um, I also enjoyed, they, they thought that uh, Mikhail and, and Anthony really thought that uh, Middleton and Lopez were going to play and that Bud was just keeping his quote-unquote second unit together. Never mind that, you know, like three of his top subs were rested as well. So they kept referring it as the second unit. It's like, Vanessa Zedekumbo does not play, okay? Like, DJ Wilson is the first guy off the bench. DJ does not play. This is not the second unit. This is like literally the end of the bench that is playing in terms of most of this rotation. And yet still late in the first quarter, they were still talking about, oh, well, when, uh, when, when, you know, Middleton and Lopez, you know, they're they're probably going to come in. It was like, dude, like, come on, like you guys like seriously can't actually think that that's what, what Bud's doing here, that he's just randomly bringing his better players off the bench for no reason. Anyway, they were just a disaster. 
Um, I don't even think the Nuggets got mentioned as a team in the first half <laughs> until like, I mean, like it literally was like, you know, Bucks are frauds, Nuggets not interested in even acknowledging their existence. Let's talk about the Lakers, even though they're, they're not playing in this game. It was just sort of like everything you find annoying uh, about uh, national TV broadcasts. And um, yeah, I was just, I, I don't know. I don't even know why I listened to the broadcast as long as I did. I finally just turned the turned the thing on mute and listened to podcasts while I had the game on. Um, so anyway, just a reminder: if you have a chance to not watch these national broadcasts and watch Fox Sports Wisconsin, uh, yes, I hope you did yourself that favor. Uh, it was bad enough watching the basketball tonight. Having to listen to uh, that broadcast throughout that bit was was even worse. So um, anyway. Uh, that's all I've got, Kane. This is this is. Uh, let us hope Thursday is a more enjoyable basketball game to watch for any number of reasons. Yeah, well, we ended up uh, podcasting for an hour last night, so we'll, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with with keeping this on a little bit short. And as you said, I mean, there's just really, literally, so many things you can uh, talk about from this game. The only thing I was hoping for when you talk about the the fines that uh, maybe may or may not come through. I mean, I would imagine that the league's not going to fall for Bud's. Uh, I just wanted to play the guys who are going to give us a chance to win line. Uh, I don't think that's going to be fooling anyone. But I would have been uh, very happy to see in the last 50 seconds of this game. Now, I'm sure the medical staff would have uh, you know, said, no, you're not doing this with our, with our best players. But I would have loved to see him uh, trot out Middleton, Lopez, DiVincenzo, Marvin Williams, all these guys for like the last 50 seconds, like a genuine garbage time lineup. <laughs> Uh, and played and played them all one minute, and then said, "No, I, I just I just wanted to give us a chance to win." And once the game was out of hand, I brought in the garbage town crew. Well, I think it was was it on Friday that Mark Jackson made the comment that that Middleton, like I don't I don't know yeah, how he describes those games or something, yeah, or that that last year he was not close. He was, there were a lot of games where he didn't he didn't close games, um, and I was just baffled by that. I was like, okay. That was, there was the Knicks game where he got benched, right? But, like, games that Middleton wasn't closing, like, how, like was there, like, one more game that that happened? I, I don't know. It was just, like, again, I mean, and Mark Jackson's, like, you know, pretty much wrong most of the time and doesn't do his research, so whatever. But um, I, I, as I was watching that, I was like, oh, man, Mark Jackson is going to see this and just say, oh, Bud benching Chris Middleton. Not happy with Chris Middleton. <laughs> just, he's not – he's just not a reliable star, you know. Never mind, obviously, that he put in 39 last night and – expended a lot of energy but um all right yeah so screw this night you know burn the videotape uh never never let it see the light of day again and let's just move on uh, let's erase this road trip from our from our memory banks how about that totally fine with that the bucks do go down 109.95 so for those that that, that are still really uh hinging their positivity and hopes on the bucks winning 70 games uh they can still do that they would have to win their last 17 games to get to 70. I think we can probably rule that out for now, but they are 53 and 12. A couple of days off before they get the Celtics at home at Fiserv. And uh, I'm sure, regardless of whether Giannis or not plays, we might have a little bit of a lineup change come uh, tip off for that one. But uh, we are going to leave it there. It was a. I don't. I mean, night. I thought I, I thought the NASA's really showed some stuff tonight. I think maybe you know. Thanasis could could start again on Thursday. You don't think there, there'll be like a no. like there's a one a one one Adeta Kumbo starting every night? You don't think that came? I don't no. know. By the way, Thanasis started both games against the Nuggets this year. Is that one? Is that that's got to be the weirdest like one of the weirder like lineup quirks in the league, right? Thanasis, who is like clearly should not play 
any type of meaningful basketball randomly started on Greek heritage night in Milwaukee against the Nuggets. And then because of, you know, uh, everybody getting rested starts tonight. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to more the NASA starts late in the season. They're, they're just going to keep coming. Right. Do you think there's any casual Nuggets fans out there that have just happened to catch these two games and think that that was the MVP out there? Probably not. Although I was, <laughs> uh, I was, I was, you know, I was, I was, uh, and, and uh, thinking it in, in my head, he was like, you know, hey, um, maybe this is just Bud playing mind games with Michael Malone. So if these teams meet in the finals, they'll just be totally thrown when Thanasis <laughs> doesn't start game one of the finals. You know, just, just giving them no videotape uh, of what the Bucks like to do by, by throwing that rogue uh, Adetokounmpo out there for, for, well, not for no reason, but for very random reasons. So, all right, we got to end this podcast game. This is, this is already way too much time for this game. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, like I said, we will be back tomorrow. Probably talk a little bit about that Celtics game and hopefully some meaningful basketball on Thursday. But for Frank and myself, Kane Pittman, we will catch you guys then.